box, office, refund, box office refund podcast. Hello and welcome to Box Office Refund Podcast. I'm Nico Bell. And I'm Ward. And we review low-rated movies. And decide if their critics were wrong. Ward, how you doing tonight? I'm great, Nico. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing okay. I don't love this movie that I picked out for us. I, I hope that it would have been better, that it wouldn't have been like a horrible movie. I thought the trailer was really good i was gravely disappointed i mean australian aliens i don't know what's not to love i know we watched the 2018 australian science fiction drama thriller occupation which you can see on netflix and it looked really cool from the trailers it looked kind of like their version of independence day i mean i had high hopes i was thinking maybe we actually found a movie that hasn't been getting the best ratings but it's something i can tolerate i had to watch this in five different sittings in like 15 minute increments because I just could not handle it. I didn't love it. I don't know I how you do something like that. That is I boring. know. I can't sit and punish myself with these movies for 86 minutes or however long they run. It's just too much, so I have to break it down. Yeah, but you this stretch it out over, what, days I know. or weeks at a time? I, yes, that unfortunately becomes the situation. Um, so yeah, I think Australian Independence Day is the best way to describe this movie for people who haven't yet seen it, which I imagine is a lot of people. But, I mean, Independence Day is a fun movie, so I don't think we should mix people up that this is some, like, fun Australian version of Independence Day. No, this really, the only thing it shares with Independence Day is that there's aliens and we're in a country. Yeah, aliens invade, but then a ragtag team of survivors have to go and defeat them. I mean, that's... Pretty typical. Frequently, like I wish this was Independence Day. Oh, man, Independence Day did this part better. It did that part better. It really does all parts better. Other than oh, rugby. Well, yeah. This does rugby better than any other alien movie <laughs> I've seen. But that's because I've never seen another alien movie with rugby. Yeah, that's very true. Um, okay, well, I guess we should just go ahead and get into this. I have to relive this nightmare of a movie, but we can do it. Okay. Now, it starts with a nice voiceover, which I know you love. You love voiceovers, right? When we just get right to it. All right, but this one was interesting in that I'm just trying to figure out what this is because it sounds vaguely political, and we don't yeah. know who this person is. We're talking about this alien war and alien threat, and I'm just, I kept asking, who is this narrator? What is this person doing? And I would just love to see a real politician demanding <laughs> aliens need to invade this world so we unite together. That's the only thing that draws together. Like, I'd love to see a politician do that. And as I was kind of looking around trying to figure out where that speech came from today, I discovered it. It is Mm. lifted from Ronald Reagan's speech to the UN. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And I looked it up, no way this is possible. No, Reagan frequently mentioned alien and alien attacks during his presidency. That's why he did the SDI, the um the SDI defense, which was, you know, nicknamed Star Wars. Uh, Oh my gosh. But he often would talk about aliens. Like, from this perspective of highlighting the absurdity of war and how... This elevated the movie to me because it's just amazing. I didn't know Reagan was all about aliens, and he definitely is. But what's what's weird, though, the movie, they never tell us who that is. I don't know what the connection is. Like, I mean, it's cool. It's a great speech, but I'm even more bewildered because I thought it was an Australian politician. No, this is Ronald Reagan. It has nothing to do with this movie. Reagan's speech was in the early 80s. I don't even get it, other than it sounds really cool, and I'll give it that. It does sound cool. How it connects to anything, other than it's, it seemed to me like a deranged politician demanding aliens attack the world. I was like, wow. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Wow. I did not know that. I think it's a very strange choice to put a Ronald Reagan speech in front of an Australian movie. Um, wow. Okay. Well, that's. Does that change your whole twist. perspective of the movie? It really does. That was. I wonder if they put that in when they knew it was going to be like released to America. Like they just sort of slapped a Ronald Reagan speech on the front of it because it matched so well. I, just, I don't know why they would have done that at all. They just had to find some speech about aliens and we were just the lucky ones to have a politician who had given a speech like that. They're like, this fits. Go ahead. Throw it in. Good, good voiceover for the opening. But listening to this speech, wow. it was just absurd. I was like, man, I wish uh, this really existed. And it does, which is even crazier. Mm, it's wild. Okay. And honestly, the speech is probably the best part of the movie. Yeah, it probably is. So they're in a small town. And I guess the only thing they really have to look forward to are their weekly rugby games at the state fair. I don't really know what the setup no, is. No, that sounds pretty accurate to me. 
Okay, so we have a guy who used to be the captain and is now fighting with Blondie, who is the captain now, and there's a little rivalry there. And You're kind of jumping ahead, of... though. The first thing we well, see of him is he's a construction worker drinking on the job. He's the road sign holder. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about that. Yeah, you're right. It starts... <laughs> this goes from Ronald Reagan making a speech about aliens to a, a construction worker holding a sign talking to some guy about fruit. It is yes, just a right. crazy chasm we jump across to get from the intro to the meat of the movie. Yeah, but the construction guy, he's the guy that was the yeah. captain, Well, right? yeah, but we don't he know had, that like, at this point. Like, we don't realize his journey, how he was the okay. biggest, baddest guy in the small town. And now he's okay. reduced to drinking on day drinking as a construction worker. Day drinking. How the mighty worker. have fallen. Okay, all right. Um, he has a girlfriend who I don't know works at a restaurant or something like that. Who also has a brother. Well, I don't you know how to name the these best people. Part of the girlfriend. She works at a restaurant, but she's studying to become a lawyer. This movie. Oh right. Like, how many tropes can we cram into one movie with these characters? Oh, there's and they a try lot. to get all of them. And that's they, the thing. These I think characters they actually do. Passive yeah. tropes. These aren't characters. They're just tropes. They never do anything oh, yeah. more than tropes. Oh, yeah. So we have her and, and, and yeah, her just to, just to hang on her for a minute. I thought, oh, man, she's going to have this really cool arc where she's, you know, wanting to be a lawyer. She's in a restaurant. She's going to, like, do something really cool at the end. And she never does anything. All these characters, I thought, were underwhelming. Their arcs. I mean, I hate to say arcs because that makes it seem like they did no. something. They don't. But, man, this movie is just a bunch of disappointment. Well, listen, I could argue that this is her story, not anybody else's. I wish it was. Because I believe at the very end they have another voiceover and it's her voice, right? Yeah, that's I true. Think. Yeah. So I believe I could make the statement that she was actually the big hero in this movie because, I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the heroic rugby guy is unconscious for days and weeks and stuff like that. And she's the one who's like pulling up the slack and grabbing guns and shooting aliens and being all brave. So I think it was a little misguided to have him in the limelight. I think it really could have been her movie. It could have been. That is yeah. That is it exactly. It could have been. It's not. But part of the thing with her little ending art is that what precedes it, I don't want to get into it now, but it's just so stupid. Oh yeah, that is stupid. Like any power her art, like the last swing it could have had is right because it's just it's so stupid it's so stupid but we're still setting up characters because of course we need to okay we have the rivalry between friends blondie is engaged to someone who's pregnant i guess engaged i don't know about engaged girlfriend okay they are a couple and she has just found out she's pregnant okay so we have that we have this is my least favorite we have a family in disarray we have a mom a dad a son and of course, a bratty, annoying teenage daughter. I hate bratty, annoying teenage daughters in movies, but you, you know, gotta have it. And he has apparently just got out of jail. And yeah, that she that hates whole him. like that dad's That's so his stupid. whole backstory. They dangle so much about him, yeah. and none of that pays off. Not even nowhere no. close. Like they introduce, no, like, oh, he's stupid. a Bangstown boy, and I'm left wondering. What's a Bangstown yeah. boy? I don't know. I think it was a group of robbers or bank robbers. I don't know because the movie never tells us. It jangles it out there and then just like, no, nah, we don't even know either. We're sorry. Maybe it's an Australian thing. Maybe if there's anybody out there who's from Australia and they know what that reference is, you could let us know because I'm not going to put the effort into looking it up if it's a real thing. might not be a real thing. I don't know. But um, yeah, and of course the family gets separated because that's just how it is in every single movie and the dad and the daughter are together. Um, well, and and so, one thing about that family, like in the first scenes where they're introduced, the daughter, you know, she's the so annoying, bratty, bratty annoying. kid. But she's just, this is a country town. What's really going to happen here? I mean, the foreshadowing yeah, for the aliens of is course. so heavy handed. Every character's like, what's the worst? Thing? What, aliens going to zip, zap me up in yeah. the sky? They might as well <laughs> everyone to say that because it's not far from it. And then they just let her wander around this town all by herself. And I just think that's bad parenting. She's just wandering around a town they've never been all by themselves. They're just having a little pit stop. And she's just wandering. And she meets the hobo because, and again. That, <laughs> hobo, he's putting off some pheromones. Because that's the only way I, I can describe right. what transpires between the daughter Sexy and the hobo? Like, is that what, what we're talking about? What is it about okay. that hobo that has that daughter just... She is so horny for that guy. I don't understand it. And the thing I don't understand that... Like, I don't know. Maybe this is my bias. But I just generally assume hobos are a bit older in the spectrum of age. And it, mm. constantly I wondered, what is the age difference between hobo man and this daughter? 
because she should be, according to the movie, about 15. And Hobo she should Man's like the brother. gotta be quite a bit older. Yeah, they kind of set it up that she was gonna like the brother of Rugby Man's sister. You remember the teenage boy? They seem to be about the same oh, yeah. age. And teenage boy actually saves her when the alien invasion starts. And it looks like they're going to like have their little love connection. But then she makes some comment to hobo boy like, oh, he's a nice kid. Like that's how she references him. But she really comes off as like a 15-year-old. And he comes off as like a 30-year-old? Yeah. I don't know. At le- I mean, yeah, he's okay. at least early 20s. And even then, that's called statutory. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. But like that, uh, too, but like, he I can just draw. Wonder, like, he can draw. He's got some charm, and I just I wonder what's going on. And is he that charm? On. I don't no. know. Okay. But she is no. all in on that guy. Stop. A hobo drawing self portraits does not equate to charm. Like, ladies, please. I, I don't know. Talk <laughs> to the teenager here because she is, is not, all in. This is not Prince Charming in disguise. Like, okay? Dad, I found the man of my dreams. He He's living not... in the back alley. He's very they... nice. They have their, like, meet-cute moment, which is him on the ground showing off, you know, sketches. And then they start just giggling to each other. I-, I-, I don't know. I don't know this connection. It's very confusing. But you are so right. She just goes straight for him. And I'm pretty sure she's, like, 12 years younger. Um, so the dad's not happy about that, obviously. And the dad's, and the dad's a murderer. So, I mean, yeah, I was like, apparently. oh, this is going to be fun. I can't wait till he murders the hobo. That'll be a crazy art. Never happens. No. I'm disappointed. No. But yeah. I will give it a little spoiler. The dad does murder somebody, and I can't wait until we talk about what precedes that murder because it's awesome. <laughs> okay. That might be my second I- favorite part of the movie: the Reagan speech, and then the reason the dad murders somebody, really? and it's justifiable. It's amazing. Yeah. We'll get to that. Okay. I I think that pretty much sets up our cast of characters. We have the brunette man who's supposed to be the lead hero, but I would argue he's not. We have Blondie, who's best friend. Blondie's girlfriend, who's pregnant. We have the brunette's girlfriend, who is going to be a lawyer. And then we have her teenage brother. And then we have the family, who gets broken up. Um, and then we have a couple other stragglers, like someone at the fair who's an announcer, and Radio I think there's DJ. like a farmer. Yeah, and then I think there's like a farmer who gets kind of caught a farmer. up. Doesn't he disappear pretty quick? Oh no, he does stick around. These characters are so bland; around. they kind of run together. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's pretty much what happened. So they're all at this fair, and the rugby. Can I jump in not here real quick? Just I got jump yeah, in. Yeah, go ahead. You know, you've referenced their hair color. That's the only thing you've mentioned about them. You haven't said a single name. I'm guessing, I don't know any of their names. I'm guessing you're like me. I can't tell you a single name of anybody nope. in this movie. Not a single I, name. I don't care. I just don't care. So, no, I really cannot tell you a single name. <laughs> um, uh, I will say that uh, apparently this rugby game was a very big deal because there were scouts in the audience, which uh, put all the pressure on them to succeed. And then... What happens? The aliens attack. I think that's pretty much the setup to it. But we get a few tricks. I mean, I want to point out where when the rug, blonde rugby guy finds out his girlfriend's pregnant, she just she arrives again. Like, yo, I just want to tell you something real quick. I'm pregnant. Booyah. Yep. And then He's he hugs her. I'm that. And then He's he gets excited. very scared because, you know, as you know, hugging a pregnant woman, you could kill the baby instantly. <laughs> I, I don't I just feel like know, at stupid. this point in time, we should be better than that. Well, we should. I mean, because I don't but... know, is it ignorance? Is it, oh, this is like a funny, cheap joke? I don't know what the origin of that is. Either way, I hate it. It's garbage. Yeah. And so this is the point where, I don't know, we're 15, 20 minutes in. I'm just thinking, can we have, some, can we have some aliens murder somebody? Because this movie is boring. Well, and so then, your dream at, is about to come But at true. that point, the, the girl, her car, radio cuts on. It's all like crazy and loud. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's on now. And that's just a little fake out. Like, it's just a little preview of what's to come. Oh, yeah. And, and aren't we just so excited when the action finally hits? It's at night, of course, so it's dark. And then they see these yellow lights coming up. And all of a sudden, things start shooting from the sky on the field. It's complete and total chaos. Everybody's running everywhere, trying to find their loved ones, dragging them away. And the quote-unquote aliens, because <laughs> I was not buying it for a second, walk out of what is it, like a cornfield or some sort of field where the grass is like five feet high? All in like a straight line, guns blazing, full on frontal attack. And I, there's just no no other way. They're just obviously men wearing like unitards that have been souped up to look something like a stormtrooper. 
they really are not very good convincing aliens to me. I was very disappointed with my first look at the aliens. I will. I mean, they're wearing helmets. They have male structures, like clearly, you know, they're not making, there's no like tails or horns or fangs or anything like, you know, there's no imagination there. It's just a person dressed up in a unitard. I do have to call it a unitard statement. I mean, they're no unitards. They're wearing, they're basically wearing armor. I, when I first saw them, I kind of thought they were like Master Chief of the Halo game series. It's like video game type characters, armor. Okay, I'll clearly go with that. bipedal. I mean, they're not. Yeah. I don't know if they're alien. They're just so clearly close to our structure that it's like. I mean, I get it. You know, the movie's on a budget, sure, whatever. But they do look kind of cool. They're not alien cool. Mm. More like because I thought there's some movie I saw recently, and there were aliens. But the twist was they're not aliens. They're actually just humans wearing futuristic suits. And I wonder if the movie didn't go that direction because. If somebody said, oh, yeah, they're humans over there, I believe it because it looks exactly like humans. Yeah, they look Every, like humans. Like the movements, exactly. the functions, the technology. Absolutely. It's just, they're just yeah. humans. So I was like, oh, is it going to have that twist? I don't know what movie I saw where that was the twist. I don't know. That would be a good twist. It was not the twist with this one. Instead, eventually we do see one with their head off. And I would argue that the alien head underneath would not actually fit into the mask. The shape of the alien... However, they constructed it with their special effects people or whatever was much more oval and kind of bulbous than what it looked like when they were wearing their masks. I think they kind of just failed to put it all together. Yeah, I think they tried point. too hard. I because like you see the face and it looked like it had a couple of chins. It wasn't bad, but it really did not connect to what they were showing with clearly human beings pretending to be the aliens. So well, I mean, that, it wasn't great. And the aliens, it's kind of your typical gray skin yeah, black yep, bulging yep, yep. eyes like you know nothing really creative not this movie wasn't trying to push the bar and that's fine yeah but i don't know i mean you generally i've never seen aliens quite like this i mean they really are i, I don't know it, they could have done more than aliens it's just disappointing yeah. it's like oh yeah it's, it might as well just be a futuristic war i mean they're not really i don't know yeah yeah and when you see them even later when you get to know them a little bit more, their mannerisms are a little different when they're not wearing the mask. So I feel like they tried to take it one direction, but they realized it wasn't going to be effective when they're all masked up. And they were just like telling the actors, just pretend you're human. Just pretend you're some sort of stormtrooper and it will be okay. There was a big disconnect there. I did not enjoy it. I, I think they could have done better. They could have come up with a way to make them look more like aliens when they were all decked out head to toe in armor. They could have done better. It just better. looked like humans walking out of a field with guns, futuristic guns. Yeah. But they could have done better is the mantra of everything in this movie. I agree. I agree. So, okay, everybody's dying very quickly. Well, not, They're getting well, shot up. It's weird, though, because the aliens do come out guns blazing. Yes. Murder, murder, oh, murder. Yeah. But then they're also taking prisoners. So I wasn't sure, well, is there a reason, you know, is there a method to this madness? That, oh, these people should be uh, captured. These people should be murdered. I didn't know if there was a reason for that. But if you're a rugby player, do you know what happens when you see some aliens with futuristic guns murdering people? You throw bricks at them. You throw bricks at them. Like, that seems logical to me. This seems dumb. I don't know. Yep. Is it a commentary on rugby players? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but we do have our, our little gang of misfits end up all together in a truck and driving away. And people get separated. So the chaos the chaos begins. The movie starts really at that moment. You're right. Some people get herded together and taken as prisoners. And other people get killed. It's not very clear who's who. Um, but eventually they, they get away. And I believe they end up in a abandoned home in like the woods or something like that. Some abandoned or, building. I wasn't sure how that worked. But I do. I want to jump back just a couple minutes. I will give this movie credit. Like the way this people, this group of people ended up together, they're all kind of running. They see the RV. Yeah, you know, I like how they they get all these people together in the RV. Together. Like it, it made sense. It flowed well. Probably the, like the best thing this movie does is they get these people in one spot, and it didn't feel forced because so much of this movie feels forced. You know, as soon as the well, two rugby guys, as soon as they are together in the field, you're like, yep, I know for a fact they will end up together in a survivor group because that's how this thing works. That's how these tropes work. And this movie's over-reliant on tropes. I, I just wish they'd, like, yeah, man, this is know. what always happens. We need to switch it up. We need to change it up. Because I have some well, great ideas the... to fix this movie that we'll get into later. I'm sure you do. Well, the reason they all end up together is because the blonde teenager and that teenage brother bumped into each other earlier that day. And the teenage brother kind of gives her a look. So he recognizes, he remembers her as being the pretty blonde. 
that's what we're basing this whole connection on because she ends up falling down when the alien invasion starts and he risks his life to go and help her and pick her up. So she, in return, gives him a space in the RV. You know, he is the brother of the sister who's with the rugby guy, who's friends with the other, you know, so that's how they all get together. So really, it's all based on the fact that he found her pretty and I do not like that. I don't like that. So what, if she wasn't society's view of pretty... He would have let the aliens eat her. Yeah, it would have been fact. fine. Yeah, okay, no well, doubt. I'm glad we. I'm glad. It's not even a question. <laughs> I'm glad we got that situated. But you know, at okay. this juncture, when they get in the RV, I wrote my notes. I got no issue with the homeless guy, but why is this little girl into him? What is the age difference here? <laughs> this What's little happening? girl. It's so creepy that you call her little girl because they end up having sex. They have a nice sex scene in the apocalypse. Of course, every movie has one, but it's so creepy. At some point, I just started thinking of her as a college student. I had to. Otherwise, it was very bad. Like, you just have to think she's like 21. Well, you just, you hope because by everything we see, she's 15 max. No doubt. I know. I know. It's creepy. Okay. They end up at some abandoned structure in the woods. Now, this is when I start having questions about the plot. Right, at this point? <laughs> I'm, I'm fine up to here. I'm fine. <laughs> because I might jump a little ahead here, but my main problem is I just don't understand the rules of these aliens. Because the aliens end up finding them, and one of the guys pulls off their helmet and puts it on, and sees that everything is heat censored so that the aliens can tell who people are because of their body heat or whatever. Now, the guy made a comment that when he's looking through, he's like, we're invisible because we're surrounded by living things. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. I remember this this whole helmet thing is hilarious. I don't understand that at all. I don't understand that at all because if they are blending in with all living things, first of all, one, they would be completely safe in the woods, which they are not. Eventually, aliens come and find them. And then two, they were all outside amongst a giant field. It was like a field. So wouldn't they all have blended in together in the beginning? Why did they even bother attacking? Wouldn't they have looked yellow in the helmet, the same as the yellow of the grass? I don't understand the rules, Ward. I don't understand why the aliens even saw them to begin with if they blend in with the grass. That's a Explain fair point. And it's not one I can directly answer because it makes <laughs> okay. no sense. Like, Because okay. he's not, you know, we're in the woods, everything's living, we're invisible. And you're right, it raises the question of, well, you're on a grass field, you're in a cornfield earlier, you're completely visible then. Where does that start and stop? But I just want to point out the helmet, like it's kind of heat sensing. But when the dude puts it on, and we see it through his point of view, it is the blurriest image I've ever seen. Even if they were in a room full of, like, a human in a room full of death, they would be so blurry, you probably have a (laughs) 50-50 chance of missing them. Uh, And I don't know, like, as a a design choice in this movie, why would you make that image so blurry? I don't know. It was very confusing to me. It didn't make any sense. And then, Um, then, like, the whole invisible thing, like, when you see those point of views, like, oh, we're invisible... And all it is, is that the bottom half of their bodies are just blanked out. Like, this, the top halves are very visible. Like, I had no I know, problem right? picking them out. So, I don't know. Maybe the man is just taking... I mean, let's be clear. The guy wearing the helmet, he had just gotten out of a coma not long ago. Um, he had suffered a concussion. There just may be some underlying brain damage and perception issues that, <laughs> you know, are very subtle. The movie just kind of snuck by us. Really, that's the only explanation. Because I, I don't know what the man's talking about. It's pure nonsense. But uh, yeah, but before they get that helmet, this is my favorite, maybe my favorite part of the movie. That alien, you know, they've seen Strong, they're blasting people. He's held down by the teenage girl. A teenage yeah. girl mm-hmm. overpowers the alien. Which Fight or flight. immediately yep. leads me to ask, how in the world have they not iced all these aliens already? The aliens obviously aren't very strong. I would think the humans get the jump on them. And then here's the biggest question of all. What is, is the it? scale of this attack? We only see Australia. Yeah. They never, they never go to the TV, to the radio. They never try to find out what's happening in the world. They don't care. And you kind of need that. Just, I just wondered, is this an Australia specific thing? Is that the only continent that can grow stupid alien squashes? Or is this a global attack? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, those squashes were awesome. Um, well, they do allude later to something happening in Sydney, which has no bearing at all on the plot. 
But then, and then at the very end, they have some more issues. But you're right. I was also wondering, like, is the whole world being taken over? Because they seem very focused on overcoming the aliens that they've encountered as if they were the only aliens in the entire universe invading them. Like, all we have to do is get these aliens gone and our way of life is going to go back to normal. Yeah, they very, they, they cling to that idea very quickly. But why don't they ever turn on the radio just to see what's happening in the world? Nope, I don't know. Uh, yeah, they never. They have phones. They only look at the phone. Like, hey, why don't you try to call your mother? Oh, nah, she's probably no. dead. Ward, um, hobo guy convinces teenage girl to burn her phone. Yeah, that's much obviously. later. Much later. Oh, was that much later? That it's was all blurry. That, was, that was like how he. He's like, hey, girl, I know what you need. Why don't you okay. burn that phone? <laughs> like, I'm gonna burn ten thousand dollars. Which? Why does he even have ten thousand dollars? Why is he still homeless? He had like $9,000 in a fanny pack. And I'm like, why are you still... Uh, He's an artist. Fair? I think that's it. He's okay. an artist. The girl's drawn to that. He, the man doesn't care to live by conventional means. Artist. Okay. Well, they start fighting. and Who? This is I mean, when, at various well, points, everybody starts fighting. Everybody starts fighting. There's a lot of slow motion I feel like we could obviously do without. Everybody learns how to use guns very, very quickly. Oh, you're quickly getting into like the training montage. Movie. Isn't that what is next? What's next? Well, I, I just I want to talk about this fight, too, where the girl overpowers an alien. You know, it's supposed to be all crazy. The walls in this house are cardboard. I've never seen people smash through multiple walls in succession so quickly. Oh, that's true. It's just like boom, 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 boom. They're fighting. It's wild. I do love, though, that every time... The alien lights are yellow. I don't know the significance of that, but they're yellow. In the first hour of this, every time the other lights appear, these people hit the ground so quick, it started cracking me up. The yellow lights, yeah. boom, they're on the floor. And with these helmets and what the guns have, I don't see what difference being on the ground makes. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really say with any certainty. I do like in the house when the aliens start to invade, everybody kind of pairs up and goes and hide. But the hobo is left with nothing but a blanket to cover himself and hide. Like he's a four-year-old putting a blanket over him. Like clearly that makes him invisible. I did enjoy that. Oh, that that hobo it. guy is probably the undersung hero of the movie. Also, I have a question. Because once they go to this house, whatever, they, all of their clothes change. They all start wearing neutral color clothing as is required in all apocalyptic movies and I I just don't know where those clothes came from and it always bothers me in movies like this there's always a change of clothes and I just I don't know where they came from everybody is now dressed very well and ready to fight the apocalypse in neutral color clothing the RV man they, yeah, that's where they keep all those clothes in the for RV. all for uh, for everyone that fits them all perfectly well, well dad's a bank robber so he just likes to be prepared you, know, you always need to change your clothes he's an ex-con okay he did his time he did his time and he's trying to repair his family Yes, that's, yep. that's what he says. That's what he says. All right, so then they um, train. They start training. Because what else are you going to do? you got to fight back. Well, now they have alien weapons. I mean, now yeah, the tides exactly. have turned. They have, like, three alien weapons. But somehow they use those three very effectively and end up getting a massive amount. They end up finding a lot of survivors, I believe, and then making, like, a nice little colony in the woods and again supposed to be invisible but they're not because the aliens find them i don't understand that um, well a lot of time passes maybe the aliens just developed better technology and you know how we know time passes is because the pregnant lady's belly is growing aren't you so glad there's a pregnant lady there to tell us that time is passing because her belly is nice and big now so eight months has passed and just, She's ready to just have her baby. the the knowledge of pregnancy and how all of that works you can tell this was probably written by men, and they did no research. You think? <laughs> I mean, this woman... What was your clue? What was uh, the first thing you noticed? I don't want to get to the woman yet, but I mean, we do. We are introduced, like, we see an alien wearing a cape. I'm like, oh man, that dude's got a cape. He's got to be the boss, and sure enough, he is. I don't know what it is about sci-fi things. You put a cape on a dude, he is the colonel, he is the leader, he's the general. Ask that man your questions. <sighs> I know, it's so cliche. Yes, he is definitely the lead. We do find out a little bit of what they want. We kind of see them rounding up people. We see them in cages, okay. And we see them harvesting, making these weird alien squashes. But the people in the cages seem to be being taken up into the alien spaceship. And we only get one scene later on to explain that they're... I guess, doing some sort of experimentation, very cliche again, on humans. But there's no real reason for it. 
When we find out that why the aliens are here to begin with, there's no need to take them up and start slicing into their arms. It was very strange. I feel like they just put that in there because we're expected that aliens are going to invade us and probe us and things like that. Yeah, I mean, I like we that. learned what these aliens are after. And yeah, this is an outlier. It makes no sense. Yeah. Other than I think, oh, let's throw them off the trail. But I do want to yeah. go back to like these detainment camps, which remind me a lot of the Terminator Salvation, one of the latest Terminator movies were. But um, one of the rugby dudes says, and I quote, come with me if you want to live, which is an obvious yep. Terminator reference. And I yep. always take issue with bad movies that make me think of better movies because it's really, if I wasn't doing this for a podcast, I would just stop this movie and start watching Terminator. Well, he says, like, stay alive and I'll come back. And every time somebody says, stay alive, I'll find you, I think of Last of the Mohicans when Daniel Day-Lewis is like, stay alive no matter what occurs and I will find you. So I also had flashes to better movies. Unfortunately, we had to keep going with this one. And as much as I wanted to fast forward, and I actually think I did fast forward a couple of times. I don't think I missed anything. Oh, your review's invalidated. Um, <laughs> I think I saw pretty much everything. Sometimes, like, that was just ridiculous. They're just collecting alien helmets and putting them on spikes at one point. Yep. I was like, I don't need to see all this. Well, again, well, like, with, with the firepower they seem to have, how do they not have Australia locked down after eight months? I mean, alien heads on spikes, they're murdering them left and right. How many aliens are there? Well, that's the question. Like, how many aliens are there? Because it seemed like the people greatly outnumbered them. But I I don't know. I don't know. If there were reserves, if there were people on the ship, I don't know. I don't know what was going Maybe on. Maybe clones. Alien clones. Oh, wouldn't that... That would have been an interesting twist. Because, you know, all not the aliens... Not to be mean, they all do kind of look alike. Yeah. At one point, I believe Blondie says, we just started a war after they killed one alien on their first roundabout trying to kill aliens. And I was thinking, that is so arrogant of you. Like, you think that you are so special that you killed one alien and you're going to start an entire world war against aliens? Very arrogant of Blondie. Hey, look, it only takes a spark to get a fire going. Okay. All right. (laughs) Man, but he was such an annoying character. And he's just like, oh, we need somebody to be annoying because you have to have that in these group settings. He's the annoying guy. And he kept wanting to leave. And I was like, that's so stupid. Of course, stay together. Like, of course, there's power and numbers. Why in the world would you want to take your pregnant girlfriend and leave the security of the group? Especially when they're the ones that have all the guns and trucks and alien technology. Like, it was just stupid. Somebody should have said, like, what's your plan? Once you leave here, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Um, Okay. So, they're fighting. Uh, They're doing pretty well, actually. The aliens are getting smarter. At some point, they pollute the water, so the people have to move to higher ground, which I thought was pretty smart. I would give them that. So they have to start over in a whole new colony up in the woods. And let's see. At some point, they go on a run, and the lead rugby guy, who's supposed to be the hero of this movie, gets injured and into a coma. When does that happen? Am I up to that uh, at some point? I'm not there yet. Because okay. I want to, they they capture an alien. You know, Blonde Rugby Dude captures an alien. Oh. And I believe oh, they've cut yeah, his hand yeah. off. They have him chained to, I think, an engine block. Which, I don't know why the guy can't escape. You know, they're beating on him a little bit. And so, you know, they're making the alien sympathetic. Which is kind of weird up to what we've seen now. Because aliens have not been sympathetic. I mean, they're stone-cold killers. I just wondered, where is the movie going to go? Are we going to go in this different direction? Because it's not bad to make aliens sympathetic. They try. But you have to do something with it. And part of the problem is, I don't know what the aliens want. I don't really know what these people want. I mean, I guess they had to survive. That's rather generic. What is anybody's goal? All these people are playing stereotypes. And so they capture the alien. I, I thought, like, okay, maybe we're getting to the morality of this war. That Even though they're aliens, maybe there's yeah. like some under underlying theme of, well, yeah, they're aliens. But these people look different from us. But there's none of that. I mean, it's just a really interesting question, crossroads, problem we have. And then the movie's like, yeah, I don't know. We don't know to do this. We're just going to keep moving. We're going to skip over this. It just This movie throws a lot out there, even with all these characters. All these characters, you know, they all kind of fit some generic tropes. And I really yeah. feel like they're like, oh, yeah, if we throw enough generic trope characters in there, well, you're going to have to identify with one of them because we're just, law of averages dictates that. There's just no, there's no underlying drive for it anybody well we find out eventually why the aliens are there and the girlfriend of the rugby guy who's not pregnant the lawyer one she is sort of the bridge between them which i think is so stupid that final scene with her and the aliens is so stupid well even before that every every oh, yeah, yeah. she has in the alien is stupid 
Yeah, oh, it's completely ridiculous. But when they have that alien and they're holding him hostage, I think they should have interrogated him. Like, they should have asked questions and they should have tried to speak to him or communicate. And they do do a little bit of that. And then what happens? They allow, I guess, the dad, I think it was, to beat him to death? To what? To show... I don't even know. What was the purpose of the dad beating the alien? Like, in a very brutal way that we have turned into the villains? Is but that better what we're trying yet, to get to? This movie loves I, to cross-cut scenes. What scene are they cross-cutting this one with? Do you recall? I don't remember. No, I don't. When his oh, daughter and Hobo Man get, on, get it on. <laughs> it's like the dad is murdering the alien. His daughter is getting down with Hobo Man. And so you think, okay, this has to mean something. Yes. But as a life man, I can't figure out what this is supposed to represent. Oh my gosh, you're so right. The movie does this multiple times. Like it's like, oh wow, these two things put together must mean something. Okay, but they don't. No, let's figure this out. Maybe it's something about brutality and beauty. That while we are the worst of ourselves, there's still something beautiful and hopeful to live for. Yeah. I mean, sure. Why not? Okay. (laughs) Or maybe it's like with death, the alien dying, we're gonna have a new life with the hobo man baby. You know, I always wonder about these post-apocalyptic movies when people start hooking up because there's no real birth control situation in the apocalypse and i'm always just so concerned that all these people are going to end up getting pregnant and i just feel like that is a recipe for disaster if you are at the end of the world you got aliens going on you don't have proper medicine you don't have hospital access nobody should be having sex because nobody should be getting pregnant at that point. Like, if she had gotten pregnant, then there would have been two pregnant people. And we know how that pregnancy turned out and the what happened when she had her baby. Like, I just always worry about the practical nature of, of that in these movies. I mean, I That's feel I like they were just kind of going happened. for broke. Like, you know, we're probably not going to be around in nine months anyway. I think well, we're probably think okay. about these things. They should be more responsible. But yes, those two scenes were interwoven. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, bef- but before um, Dad beats the alien, I don't even know what provoked him to do that. It probably doesn't uh, matter. He's angry. But the I alien think. gives um, lawyer waitress woman an SD card, and it shows different <laughs> Earth landmarks. And I wasn't sure, like in his situation, why show her that? Because I wasn't sure what it meant. I just assumed it meant, oh, you know, we've been watching Earth for a very long time. Like, we've been watching Earth for a while. We didn't know all your landmarks. Like, all right, obviously this means aliens are worldwide. Like, it's a dumb way to do it. And it's not quite clear. But I figured, okay, well, that's it. it. It isn't clear because all we see when he touches this, what looks like, I, I don't know, like a prism of some sort, like a Alien SD prism. Card. All we see are like our landmarks from beginning of civilization. So, the sure, world. they could have been watching us or they could have been researching us. Yeah, one of the two. Or... Like, but there was no actual information. Like, we didn't learn really anything new. Like, of course we assumed they'd been watching us and researching us. They invaded our planet. So when we saw those images, I was very disappointed. It didn't move the plot forward at all. We didn't get to see really their home planet or what they were doing here or how we could defeat them. It was useless. It was useless information for the viewer. Which is shocking, I know. And we talked about Hobo Man and his conquest. But before, like, what he does get her in the mood, he's, like, setting money on fire because nothing matters in the world anymore. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, yo, girl, you got to let go of, you know, your earthly possessions and whatnot. And, like, throw your phone in the fire. Wouldn't that be awesome? She squeals, it's just, squeals. It's just such a weird Ugh. dynamic between the two of them. Ugh, I can't see that attraction at all. I just, I hate it so much. And I feel like the only reason that attraction would even be is because she's pretty. It comes back to her being pretty again and her being this dumb annoying blonde character it's so cliche and it's just done to death in all of these movies and i just hate it so much um and then i guess he's like the diamond in the rough like she wants to be the one to polish him and make him all shiny for his new future as a warrior in the alien revolution or whatever i don't know i I did not take it it as that i just took it as i mean she actually doesn't like her dad i mean this family all of them hate each other which i actually kind of like it's a shame that two of them got murdered we never see that but I just assumed it was her well, way to get murdered. Well, they might as well as good as much good as they do. Come back, okay. Go ahead. Sorry. But I just took it as the girls trying to rebel. I'm like, oh, oh what's the you? best way to irritate my dad? That homeless guy looks like a good way to do it. <laughs> yeah, but he takes that shower, and then we see him without a shirt on. He's got that six pack, and then it's like, ow, ow, and then it's on. I mean, I think so dad probably had a six pack too. That's the I mean, you know what else he's doing in jail. You know, he's probably working out. <laughs> Um, all right, so we got a little backtracked there. 
right. Um, so it's around this juncture that we see the aliens are making the humans grow food. Yes. And I was, this is where I had like, oh, this could be the A1 idea for this movie. That somehow yeah. Earth food is a delicacy of these aliens. That's why they conquer the planet. And they're making, that's why they need slaves to grow the food because they don't know how to grow food on Earth. I'm like, oh, that's how cool would it be if the whole plot is just, and I was like, man, that Earth food's really good. We need it's to really conquer that planet corn. for the food. <laughs> I love it. That was the reason for all of this. Some watermelon and corn, and they were all set to go. Um, no, they were there cultivating their weird squash. Because I, because they, I believe they're needed. Their planet's gone or something. I, like I knew. Yeah. I, I didn't really. It was unclear. Like I knew the gist of it. No, no, but, you're right. But there's there should be more to it than that. No, well, their their planet. I don't know what happened to the planet. I don't know if it got annihilated by another creature or something, but they can no longer be on their planet. And apparently the only other planet that they can inhabit and live on is Earth. The only other one. Um, They breathe the oxygen and apparently they can grow their food and stuff. So for them, it was like they had to make it work. Which, again, like if you're going to come here and you have to make Earth work, I don't feel like the invasion method is the best way to go. Come with a little bit of democracy and maybe we can chit chat, but they just came gun blazing. I don't feel like that's a good approach for their last, it was like their Hail Mary attempt and I did not like it at all. I mean, mean, if they've researched Earth, like we're maybe led to believe that's kind of out. Oh, that's fair. You know, that's fair. Why not like land, like, yo, Earth people, we're aliens, man. Yeah. Show us a good time. Invite us to the White House. Yeah. I think Do they the should send like one route. or two like, people. The Mars attacks. Those aliens looked stupid, but they had a good plan. They rocked they it. Had a good I think plan. these aliens could have taken yes. some notes. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's kind of get to the pregnancy birth scene. Holy because cow. really, in the middle, it's just a whole lot of fighting back and forth, slow motion fighting. The next really big, interesting thing that happens is that the woman finally gives birth. Yep. It's crazy. And is <laughs> it's crazy um and of course so her man her blonde man is off i don't know on some run or i don't know what he's doing but he's not there and so she starts having the baby and the teenager girl there is going to help her and they have to move her outside and she is making a lot of noise because giving birth is very very painful so of course you're gonna scream your head off and this is where that DJ guy supporting character really shines because he's in the mix. It is amazing. Times. Like this whole sequence, this DJ, I was dumbfounded by like what's going on in this man's head that this is the solution. Not, okay. In fairness, I did not think it was going to take the turn that it took. Cause he's Nobody would think out. it would take that turn. I, well, he's freaking out that she is making so much noise. And she, he's like, shh, shh, quiet, quiet. They're going to hear us. They're going to hear us. The aliens are coming. They're going to hear us. And you can tell, like, in his mind, he is trying to think of, like, something to do. And I thought he was going to start attacking the aliens. Like, he was going to go uh, raging no. or kill the aliens. Or I thought he was going to sacrifice himself so that, like, lead the aliens away so that she could have the baby. Not what he was thinking. <laughs> no. His solution to the problem is to try and kill her because she's making too much noise having a baby. He was going to bash I, her head in. He was, he was going to annihilate her, which I have to say for the movie was probably my favorite little plot twist that I did not see coming because that was pretty cool. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you don't really see that very often if a woman's <laughs> making too much noise during labor. But the dad steps in and he starts fighting him. And I believe he, what, cracks his neck or something like that and kills him. Yeah. No no problem there. We don't like him. It Justifiable really homicide. Justifiable. But it's, just, it's no This is just an insane reaction. Like, the guy's like, I've got to quiet her down. What can I do? I just don't know in what world that's a logical solution to this problem. Like, well, I mean, because he goes zero to 120. So fast. So fast. Yeah, I definitely was like, wow, that was a bold move to go with. Uh, And it didn't really matter. I mean, she died anyways. Of course she died. Again, in these shows, like, you know, you have like Walking Dead and stuff like that. And people get pregnant in the apocalypse. And then they have their babies. And then they die. And it's like just another predictable turn that has happened. So now the baby is alive. The mother is dead. And that's that's the scene. That's it. And prior I, though to DJ going crazy, 
we get this cross-cutting of her giving birth and these soldiers fighting. And this movie, it does it a few times. You just think, okay, is this like the life and death theme? Like, yeah, what, what are you trying to do? And it really means nothing. And it's kind of a just a cheap way to make this movie, try to make it more than it is. Because there's nothing there. It's shallow. It's hollow. And I hate it. Yeah. My favorite moment in this movie is actually coming up very soon. I might have to skip a little bit ahead really? to it. I, I'm surprised there's a favorite point after this because for me, like the DJ oh, no. is kind of the peak of it. That was, that was enjoyable, but my favorite is coming up because now people are starting to get injured and we have the guy, the hero of the movie, supposed to be the hero. He gets injured and he gets back into a coma. So he's he just, just can't stay out useless. of that coma. He is useless, but dun da 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 the... I was going to say the U.S. Army, but that is not the case. We the actually do we know that military, it could be. I don't know. <laughs> the Australian military has come in to save the day, and they have been holding on hope because they have heard rumors about a resistance in the forest. And hey, look, it's our ragteam people. Those are the people that are providing hope for the military. And they take them away to a military base that's supposed to be secure and happy. And the guy is in his coma, and he's he's chilling there. Um, and yeah, and that's an interesting, I was like, okay, well, we have to get the military involved sometime. I'm glad they got we in. Didn't have to now, involved. Well, we have to know what else is going on in the country. And they talk a little bit about how Sydney is what, like under attack or something. Oh, no, no. There's a biological weapon the aliens are using that they're going to deploy in Sydney, I believe. And what they want to do is, Okay. This is how I interpreted it. I don't think this is correct. But I believe they wanted to make a distraction in that small town to somehow distract the aliens so they would not deploy the bio weapon. I I don't understand how that would work. But somehow, by distracting the aliens in the small town, Sydney would be saved. I don't know how those dots connected. I wasn't really interested at that point. I didn't really care. Well, the thing <laughs> with this movie happening. is that the dots aren't meant to connect. This movie just throws a lot of dots out there, hoping that maybe you'll stumble across a connection because the movie doesn't know how to connect them. So maybe the viewer can. Well, all I know is that they have to go to this factory to save a bunch of people and to... Oh, you know what? I think there's a bioweapon in the factory. There's some sort of liquid prism that they have to bring back. So maybe there's... I, I don't know. But I know that they have to get there. And I know, this is my favorite part, that the blonde man has to wake up... Oh, my gosh. That, I know what you're <laughs> Wake say. this man Ridiculous. up from his coma. Now, listen. I'm not, I'm not a medical professional. I've never been to med school before. But I'm pretty sure that you can't wake someone up from a coma by by throwing a bucket of water on their head. However, this movie (laughs) claims that to be the case. So, kids, if you're listening, if you're ever in a situation where you need to wake someone up from a coma, throw a bucket of water on their head, boom, instantly awake. Totally fine. I loved it. I loved it so much. I just started cracking up. Best moment in the movie. Maybe we're looking at this wrong, though. You know, we assumed (laughs) that the guy was in a coma... Do you think maybe he was just faking the coma because that was preferable? Like, sleeping all the way is preferable to be fighting aliens. And then, like, the water was so cold, he's like, oh, you know, he, just, he had to have that jerk reaction. He couldn't hide it any longer that he was faking the coma. Maybe so. I mean, I, I don't know. I just, that was some magic water in that bucket. That's all I know. Because he just sprang up after, I don't even know how long, like, weeks in a coma. Could it have been holy ready water? To fight. Oh, yeah, maybe. He was just ready. They were like, let's get a gun. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah, I mean, boom. Water splashing him. He jumps up. I know. Ready to go. <laughs> it is just he's ready to fight. I know. And he, he just had like a few minutes to catch up on what was happening, and then he was done. He was like all set. The blonde guy should be like, as soon as he dumped the water, the guy was like, I knew you were faking. I know. I mean, like, really? In what world does that work? Or does I that work if doctors just never thought to try that? Right? Like, I bet there's one doctor standing in the back of the room with a bucket of water, like, looking over a coma patient, and he's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pour the water on him. They're like, Gary, do not pour that bucket of water No, I think it could work. I him. think it could work. We got to try it. Just try it once. Let me have this <laughs> he's like, one. don't, Gary, I swear to God, you pour that bucket of water. Just a little bit. Let me just, let me just dribble a little bit of water on their chest. I saw just a little this bit. movie. I saw this movie, guys, and I am 100% certain. Okay, 98% certain this is going to work. We don't know until we try. Just a little bit of water. This could be the breakthrough we've been hoping for. 
But that was by far my favorite moment. After that, I mean, who knows what happens? There's like, I don't know, fighting and I mean, world saving. Here's the thing with the military introduction. Like, I mean, I get the, the character d- drama I wanted this to be. Obviously, two minutes and I knew that wasn't it. But the military introduction really removes all pretense that we're going to have any kind of character art. It's just oh, raw, yeah. raw, let's blow some stuff up and go. I mean, the mil- And the military people, they don't see military. The movie's bad. The military introduction makes this <laughs> worse. I will give them points, though. They have an alien skull with bullet holes in the forehead on the front of their truck. Of course. So I, got, of I course. give them credit for that. Sure, why not? Um, but they go to this factory. But also, to... sorry to interrupt, but oh, I, just, I want to continue my military. It just the military. It removes all tension or danger because when it's just the people, you're like, well, they've been attacked. The aliens have found them a few times over. But once the military's in there, it's like, well, I'm pretty sure this is the means to the end. Like, it's going to be over. Yeah. Those aliens are dead. It it it, anyway, it made me think of 28 days later because you've got the same oh, really? scenario. We've got survivors. They're fending off. In this case, it's zombies. Yeah. But you re- you learn these characters, what, Cillian Murphy was in it, and you kind of learn about these characters, and in a short time, you have a kind of connection to them. And in this movie, in two hours, they get nowhere close to that, and it's just, it's kind of funny how bad this movie is, it, a lot of these things. Well, I feel like the military was introduced because they legitimately did not know how to propel the plot forward anymore, because... They they had already moved camps twice. They'd already fought a bunch of times. Like, seriously, if the military hadn't been introduced, I really don't know what they would have done next. It would have just dragged on and on and on. But at least with the military going, they now have what they consider to be a plan. I still don't know what the plan is. But they ended up back at that factory, and that at least facilitated the beginning of the end of the movie, which I can be thankful for. So... I'll give him that. Sure. You know? But the fact that it brought the end of the movie, wonderful. What did you wonderful. think about the helmet joke? I mean, they really ran that one into the ground. They were digging a trench that went so far in the ground. Don't forget your <laughs> helmet. Here's your helmet. And the thing is, in the beginning, it's not like helmet. we have a doctor that says, uh, rugby dude, you really need to wear this helmet. You could die if you took a hit. It's just, it's always a joke from the beginning. So I wasn't really sure, is it just a silly joke or is he? Re- should he really be wearing that helmet? He should really be wearing that helmet, I feel like. He had a, a coma to begin with. Yeah. And, th- and then he's on medication the entire time in the movie, which I guess, I mean, we didn't really talk about it because it's stupid, but I guess his subplot is that he's depressed and he's like a pill addict or something. I don't know. He's Did been they? popping depression pills. Um, and then I guess this is going to cure him of all depression because now he's a hero or a warrior. I don't know. I will say we're coming up on another very fun part where they go to the factory and they're going to release all the prisoners. And the prisoners, when they find out that they're being released, and he's like, go, free, you're free. And they all just kind of stand there. And so what does he do? He shoots his gun in the air to get them all to leave. And here's, again, I have issues with movies because people just go shooting guns in the air in movies and it makes it seem like in real life you can shoot a gun and the bullet's just going to disappear. Those bullets come back down, people. No, no, so they, go, they go into outer space. No. And they just float away. <laughs> they just keep flying up. I feel like people in real life don't understand that when someone shoots a bullet up in the air, like a warning shot, that bullet comes back down to the earth. And so when he shot into that crowd, I was like, he just killed like 15 different survivors. We're, we're, that's fine. Whatever. We got like 30 out. It's fine. Well, they only have so much uh, food. I mean, you can't feed everybody. He was just okay, he was well, doing the fair. democratic thing. Because that way, nobody had to make a choice on who dies. It's just the gun he makes the choice. Puts the, <laughs> the gun makes the choice. That's going to be Is a this movie for us. some underlying theme about gun control? Oh, gosh. Okay, let's just move forward and to the point (laughs) where we get to chit-chat with an alien, finally. Okay? So, the... I never wanted that. You know, the aliens are English, and I I don't know... It cheapened it even more, I felt like. Well, they've obviously... Well, obviously, maybe they researched America. They at least took pictures while orbiting the world America. I mean, America is the world, right? yeah. Uh, so they should have known English ahead of time. I don't even know. Like the dude has a cape, and really he wears a cape just because otherwise he wouldn't know who's in charge. If he wanted yes, a cape, they all sure. look exactly alike. Sure. Yes. Yeah. The cape. Oh man. If only our politicians wore capes, I feel like the world would be a happy. If our place. president had a cape, that way we know which man in the suit is the important <laughs> one—the man with the cape. 
All these old politicians, they all look so similar. Put a cape on one so I know who's the real one in charge. Please. That's what please. we need. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, the cape man, I agree with you. I did not need him to ever speak to any of these people. And But he basically lays it out. He's like, look, this is our last chance. We need to be here. We need to be able to grow and to have our families and to be able to live amongst you. Um, but, of course, their actions, the entire movie has contradicted that. They're killing everybody off. And they're about to release some sort of bioweapon into the air. So it's pretty stupid. I, I just and have to jump in. You've mentioned bioweapon a couple times. Because they've said it a couple times. Okay, I just don't recall it. Okay, all right. Well, I think I just wanted to. I want you to kind of expound on that because I don't okay. remember that part. Okay, it's actually pretty pivotal to it because that really? is <laughs> okay because that is what um, the military has been doing for the last eight months has been researching the aliens and they found out that they were going to release some sort of like air or pathogen into Sydney. Again, I don't know how Sydney plays well, look, into. I this saw those military guys. I don't think they're capable of that level of research. Well, I don't think they are at all. I don't understand how they could be researching the aliens at all. Like, do they have an inside man? How did they get the technology? They're watching the through binoculars. Seem, yeah, okay. <laughs> the aliens seem eons ahead of us in technology. So that was baffling to me. Uh, but they, the at some point you see, oh my gosh, Ward, the rugby players are passing back the path. Rugby saves the day. I yes, love that part of it. Second, this is the second movie we have watched, Hurricane High Street in the first, where sports have saved the day. <laughs> and I was like, this is ridiculous. This is bonkers. Yeah, so they did their rugby passing And, and it was teamwork. These two guys yes. hated each other. Through rugby, the power of teamwork, yes. and murdering aliens, everything's yes. right in the world. Yes, just like in Hurricane Heist, it's through when when great tragedy hits, people use their sports skills and save the world. What was that magic alien uh, crystal like? What was the point? Of that? I forget. Do we know well, why? The crystal it's had. Listen, the crystal had the pathogen in it. It was liquid. It was sloshy. Oh, it really? picked wow. it up, and, it was, and okay, this was in the movie. Right. I skipped parts of the movie, and I got this. Right. <laughs> How did you not pick this I mean, up? Towards the, I mean, once the military entered, this movie is pretty much done for me. Like, I knew exactly where it was going to go. I mean, I remember throwing the thing away. I knew it was a magic crystal. I just didn't know what kind of magic it was. <laughs> magic crystal? <laughs> well, they gave it to the military guy, and then it was, like, completely secure. Well, here's what I don't understand. They gave it to the military guy, and somehow that stopped the Sydney attack that was supposed to be simultaneously happening, or maybe not. I really have no idea. Um, But then we kind of get to the point... At the end, which I really hate, when the lawyer lady steps up well, and brokers there, a deal. I mean, okay. is, I mean, I don't know if you can do this critical. I mean, this movie, it's hard to know what's critical. But not only was there the magic crystal, but the rugby dudes planted C4 in, like, the main alien skyscraper that was planted on oh, the town. That blew up. Right. I, that was what, you know, shook the aliens and their whole plan, I assume. Oh, Yeah. Which is very interesting because now the aliens can't even leave. Like, their ship is gone. I didn't even think about that. So now they're stuck on Earth, which is not where we want to And they're going to get murdered stuck. crazy hardcore by the Australian people. Oh, yeah, of course. We've already seen they're so dedicated. Um, but thankfully, the lawyer... Oh, my gosh. It just occurred to me that maybe that's why they made her a lawyer. For her oh, de democratic man. skills. This, no, oh. no, that's bad. Oh. They had it planned the whole time. Oh. By the others, the other side of it though is she was a waitress. She deals with people a lot, so she had people skills all the way around. You know why I hate the moment when she doxers. She basically makes an agreement with the head alien that they're going to live in peace, and she speaks for presumably the entire world without discussing it to anyone. She just like steps up and's like, "Hey, I am now the leader of the the of the free Earth, and I say that we're gonna we're gonna live in peace together." Take in her defense, it. I mean, if I was gonna pick anybody to be the leader of the new world, I'd probably pick her because she is the least stupid person we've seen up to this point. <laughs> that is very true. Um, but then what comes? Ugh. So then she has her voiceover, and we're at the end of the movie, thank God. And sh she has her voiceover, and she's talking about how, for the most part, they're getting along. But there's some alien resistance. So there are aliens who are attacking because they want to take over. My, so I, how the turntables turn. <laughs> so I guess, I 
guess there were alien invasions the entire time this was happening, or more aliens came from their planet. I don't know, it's not very clear. All we really see is a slow motion of the whole rag team plus a couple of aliens running over some rubble and getting ready to attack. Hate it so much. I was just glad it was over at that point. Just glad it was over. Well, I want to talk about Terminator because this movie basically <laughs> mentions it. It's admissible. Like He quotes Terminator, so they admitted it. So I'm it's on the table. It. Go ahead. All right. Anyway, there, there's a couple parallels, but Terminator, I'm going to talk about the first one because it is without question, without debate, the best Terminator. You've got Kyle Reese, you've got Sarah Connor. And from the start, the movie didn't say Sarah Connor is a waitress. It showed us, you know, a day in her life. It showed her the stresses of being a waitress, how, you know, and it, and it, it gave her context. She's this unassuming woman. She's young. She works a waitress job. It's garbage. She's not, you know, the future of the free world. But unbeknownst to her, she is. You've got Kyle Reese. We're told he's a soldier, but doesn't just tell us he's a soldier. We see what it's like being a soldier, and we see his motivation, which arguably makes which makes him so cool, is that he has a great reason to go on a suicide mission, and his actions are logical. In this movie, it never approaches anything like that for these characters. Like, why any of them do what they do? Why any of it yeah. matters? None of them have a purpose, and it just, I mean, this movie is never going to be great. You know, there's some yeah. budget issues. I mean, they, they can't do everything they wanted to. They can't show us the alien planet because they don't have the money for it. I mean, they can't even make good-looking aliens that look cool. But at yeah. least at least give these characters something, some reason to exist other than, well, we need warm bodies to murder aliens. Well, just what, that's what all this comes down to. And I, mean, yeah. and I like that occupation. I like that it's small budget. I like that they start small. I like this small group of survivors. But, man, when it flips to being a military assault vehicle, um, vehicles in the movie... It just, it just, it didn't have the budget to do that justice. These military people don't seem military. They don't have this amazing, like, look at Independence Day at the end of that when you have this military assault. That was pretty cool. This movie yeah. can't do that. And I, I just really, I have to come back that I wish the aliens came to Earth because Earth food's a delicacy. I like that angle. And, you know, and maybe <laughs> if this movie's from an alien point of view, like, Earth food's so good, man. We've got to get some Cheetos. We've got to murder all these people for Cheetos. I'd, I'd like to see it from their point of view. It could be much more interesting. It's just this movie. It's just it's bland. It's boring. It's milk toast. It's average. It's just nothing. Okay, well, <laughs> tell us how you really feel about it. I, I think everybody <laughs> should watch it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So the teenage girl, she, um, in real life, as an actress, she was born in 1993, and the guy that she ends up hooking up with was born in 1985. So, just to frame the ages I mean, a little bit for you. Still seems like statutory to me. A little bit, yeah. All right, so this got a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 5.2 on IMDb, which is why I picked it, because it seemed like pretty straight down the center. People either liked it or they hated it. Um, I fall in the hate section of it, because I was basically ready to quit the podcast, because I just could not handle one more terrible movie. Uh, so this one flopped for me. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like in the scan, in the scheme of the movies we've watched, it's really more average than that. It's probably of what we've watched. It's probably one of the better movies. I mean, they, it's a movie. It's poorly written. Oh, wow, we have really lowered the bar. But, I mean, if I mean, it's better than Exposed. Oh gosh, I know. Well, I, I don't really Exposed bad. didn't have that cupcake scene that was just so awesome. <laughs> Stop I, mean, I will the say, all these scene. movies, they manage this one scene that is just so just, strange. Uh, I mean, yeah, Kanye really Reeves, he's in the bedroom with this woman who's his best friend's wife. She's wearing lingerie, and he is just so into that cupcake. I know, I know. And I, know. I just, I would love to know how did he get in that scenario in her bedroom while she's in her lingerie? Yes, I know. Like, <laughs> okay, we cannot go back to the cupcake. But scene. I, I, I hate that scene. That really is so the much. pinnacle of that movie. <laughs> Okay. All right. So we have talked about this to death. I feel like I would not recommend it. Please do not see it. I just, it's just boring, I think is the way. It's just dull. It's really not as dynamic as you think it's going to be. It has really bad tropes. It's such cliche. And it's just, it just makes me angry to watch yet another movie that was not executed to the fullness of its ability. And even, so. even that, it's not so bad it's good. It's not. Oh man, no, they failed just... so hard. It's funny. 
it's yeah. Well, you know, they did the best they could, and they had an average result. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's fair enough. And that that is worse than being an out and out bad movie. So at least in movie, it's a colossal failure. Well, it's kind of fun to watch a train wreck. But this, it's not even that. Like you can't even take enjoyment because it just no it exists. It just made me angry that I had to finish it. All right, Ward, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and what you're up to? Well, on Instagram, I go by with WardWorks. I post pictures of stuff. Great. Excellent. All right. You can find the two of us <laughs> on Box Office Refund on Twitter and Instagram. We also have a website, boxofficerefund.com. And then you can find me at Nico Bell Fiction on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks so much, guys, for listening to us. And come back next week. We will have our B-side episode talking about good movies, hopefully. All right. Bye. Box. Office. Refund. Box Office Refund Podcast.